Well, hello again. For those of you who came in late, my name is Chris, one of the pastors here. It's good to be with you. Uh, I really hope and pray that you can say that this morning, that it is well with my soul, that you've experienced uh, the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ and you feel that. Uh, There are times in my life where uh, I feel like I go through different seasons of things, some things. Right now I'm going through a season where all the stuff in my life is breaking, like a lot of stuff that I have. Uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. The more stuff you get, the more you have to fix it and keep up with it and all this other, other things. And so there's just a lot of things for Aaron and I right now. There's like stuff just breaking. I'm like, all right, God, what are you trying to tell me? Like, should I be getting rid of stuff? Uh, is there, you know, something going on in my life that I, I need to deal with? And uh, so our microwave like was starting on fire the other week, and, and so we're having problems with that. And then yesterday, I'll tell you dads this story. This isn't really related to anything, uh, but I feel like it's a fun story that you'll enjoy uh, and get a kick out of my misery. But I was uh, mowing yesterday, and I have a fairly large mower. We live, uh, if you know where we live, we have a lot of land, and so I have this large commercial-sized mower with a big deck on it, and I was mowing one of our adjacent meadows, and uh, the dry grass down there was pretty high because we don't always get to that meadow. And so I was, I was just like, oh, I'll quick mow it. And so I'm going through, and it, it was really soft from all that rain we had had the, last sun, the Sunday before. And so I was kind of getting stuck and pushing through it. And all of a sudden, I, I like smell like this. It's smelling hot. I'm like, man, this thing is really working hard. And I look down on the deck, and I can see this like smoke coming up. Uh, off the deck of the mower, and I'm thinking, man, I'm going to burn out these, these gears here if I keep working this thing this hard. And then I notice that all of the grass on the mower deck is like turning black, right? And so it's smoking, and it's turning black, and I realize, oh, like the mower's on fire. Like the grass, the grass that was sitting on top of the mower deck had started on fire, Right, and so I'm out in this. I'm out in the meadow, so I'm too far to yell for anybody. So I'm like, oh man. So I get down, and I have nothing. Right, I got nothing to put on this thing. So I start like using my hands, which of course this doesn't go well because I'm burning my fingers as I'm like, I'm like, <sighs> like pulling this stuff off. So then I start calling. You know, I'm calling my wife. I'm calling the house. But nobody's picking up. I'm like, pick up the phone. <laughs> like I need help here. And so. Anyway, so my, my second oldest son had to bring the four-wheeler down. We pulled it out, got it to where I could wash it off, and no damage was done in, in the burning of the mower deck, but uh, it was a story nonetheless. So this was just, again, I'm like, all right, God, like, what are you trying to tell me here? So anyway, it is well with my soul. Many of us are going through far worse things than things like that, but uh, I can say that it is well uh, because of God's grace. I uh, want to do a couple things that, that was just uh, kind of something to, to laugh at together, but I uh, want to share a couple of announcements with you before we jump into the, to today's message. Uh, it's a little bit different this morning. I'm going to interview uh, a dear friend of mine and one of the elders of this church. We talk about here that this is an elder-led church, and, and so we have five elders aside from myself and Pastor Adam, and so I'll, get, I'll introduce one of them to you today. If you don't know Larry Fox, I'm going to interview him. He's, he's got a great story to tell of, of God's redemption uh, in his dad's life and his life, and so uh, we're going to explore that together. Uh, but before we do that, I want to share a couple things with you. Uh, some of you, I can see you looking at it now. We have this thing called the bulletin. Uh, has that little Father's Day thing for you on the front. Um, if you could just take this connection card, if you read nothing else in here, you could just take this connection card uh, and fill that out for us and let us know that, we're, that you're here. 
Uh, and then if there's things you want to respond to or reply, uh, if you want to share a prayer request, please feel free uh, to do that as well. And then at the end of the service, the offering plates will come by uh, and you can turn it in then. Uh, so one of the things I want to mention, and you can sign up for this on that connection card as I talked about, was uh, our community has reached out to us. Terry Hill Days is coming up. Uh, for those of you who live in Terry Hill, this is like the huge event for Terry Hill. Uh, and so they've reached out to us and said, hey, will you help us? Uh, the concession stand there uh, in the park during Terry Hill Days is a way that they raise revenue, and it's an opportunity for us as a church to volunteer. A lot of the churches step in and fill that concession stand uh, and work uh, to, to run that and man that stand during Terry Hill Days, and it just benefits our community. And so they've asked us to take the premium time slot, which is a huge like, gift to us to say, hey, can you take the, the Saturday evening 6 to 10 slot because there's fireworks after that. So that's the time where most people will go is that Saturday evening. And so they've asked us to man the stand. Uh, so if you know Warren Lowenthal, he's kind of heading this thing up and he's going to be there. But we need probably like 12 to 15. Uh, 10 would be on the low side. I think 15 would kind of be on the high side. If we could get that many volunteers to work in the concession stand that evening, it's a great way to bless uh, the community. And if you have young ones, uh, 12 and up, they ask that we could. So if you have 12-year-olds, they could work with you or 12 and up uh, would work. So if you'd like to sign up for that, you can do that through uh, the, con- the connection card there, the, the sign-up sheet. Uh, the next thing I have for you is about our high school and college graduates. Uh, So we just wanted to acknowledge and honor them. I'm not going to read their names. I'm not going to have them stand up, but we did put them in the bulletin. They're on the front page of of this section that you can pull out, and you can look at those who have graduated either high school or college, and we just want to acknowledge that accomplishment. It's a great accomplishment, uh, and we wanted to just honor them. So what I want to do is I want to pray for them, not each one specifically, uh, but just pray for them. Uh, that the Lord would bless them, and then we will move into uh, the message for this morning. So let's pray together. So Father, we bow before you. We thank you that you are a good Father, uh, that you've called us your children, that you've crossed the divide uh, that was between us because of our sin. You've cleansed us and made us new. Uh, Father, may we sit in that place of knowing that we are your sons and daughters uh, because of the work of, of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for those that have graduated high school. I thank you for the accomplishments that, that you've brought them uh, to. Uh, you've worked them through some fear, some anxiety. Uh, think about when they went to school as a kindergartner. Maybe they were excited. Maybe they were afraid or anxious. Uh, all the testing and relationships and different things that they've had to endure uh, to get to this spot is no small accomplishment. And so we just acknowledge that. We thank you for them. We ask that you would bless them. Uh, and keep them as they move into the next stage. For those that have graduated college, uh, we thank you for, again, the gift of endurance and perseverance to work through. We thank you for minds uh, that you've let us study your world and, and grow in knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Father, I pray for them as they head into the next step of life, whatever that next phase is for them, whatever that career is, or maybe it's not a career, maybe it's something else, but Lord, I just pray, again, blessing over them, that you would bless them, and that the work that you have set before them to do, that they would find it and find enjoyment in you as they do it and accomplishment, or as they accomplish it. And Father, as we um, move into the message this morning, will you speak through your word? Will you speak through Larry and I as we get to converse and talk And uh, just may we honor you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so before Larry uh, comes up, I want to just share a couple thoughts with you um, just to kind of build into our time together here uh, as as we uh, move into the message. And I want to acknowledge something right up front. Um, 
And that is that I want to acknowledge that Father's Day can be really difficult. And so I want to graciously move into this space because some of you have experienced, um, you, you've experienced something different than I have. Uh, I love my dad. My dad stayed engaged throughout my life. I, I was able to go and visit him last night, and, and we have a really great relationship, and I'm just blessed uh, by him. But I realize that some, for some of you, uh, maybe you didn't know your father because he passed away uh, before you really got to know him, or maybe your father was absent. Maybe your father left you. Maybe your father has abused or neglected you. Whatever the situation is, you might be sitting here saying, yeah, Father's Day is really hard for me, and I really don't uh, don't like it, and it's, it's really hard to come and sit here and see fathers honored. And so I just want to graciously acknowledge that and speak into that. And I wish, I'm a fixer. I, I think a lot of men feel this. Like, I wish that, like, if I see a problem, I want to just come in and fix it. And you can't always do that. And as a pastor, I stand here and I acknowledge and realize, what am I supposed to say in this moment that's really going to heal uh, the brokenness that is there from a, a father that was absent or abusive or neglecting. And so I can't, I can't fix it. And the only thing I can tell you to do is go to the one that can, I believe, fix it and, com- and bring comfort to you in the midst of that space. And so Jesus says to us, come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I believe Jesus is one who keeps his promises I believe he didn't say that uh, in weakness or flippantly. I think he said that knowing that if you come to him and you truly seek him out, that he will bring you that comfort and he will enter into that space. And so this is what do we, the practical application of that verse. We, we mention that verse a lot. We talk about it, but what does it look like to flesh that out? And I think this is the practical application of that, to be able to go to your heavenly father and say, God, I'm, I'm hurting. I, I have this big hole in my life that I feel like you didn't fill with an earthly father. And so now will you help me in that space? And I believe the Lord will, will minister to you there if you will go to him with it and be honest with him about it. So I just wanted to start with that. Uh, today we want to have an honest conversation. Larry and I want to have an honest conversation in front of you and invite you to be a part of it about fatherhood because fatherhood is so critical to me. It's such a critical role and it's interesting to me that God would call himself our heavenly father. And throughout the gospels, Jesus re- references when you speak to your heavenly father, assuming that you will do it, you speak to your heavenly father. He uses that name father. And so God gives himself that name as our father. And we get to be his children. And yet me, this man, flesh and blown, bones, who is full of failure, gets to be called a father because God has blessed me with children. So I share this name with God. Of course, I don't have the heavenly part in front of it, but I share this name with with God, and that's scary to me. It's intimidating to me. And I have walked with people, and I have known people who had a terrible experience with their earthly father and a lot of hurt, and they struggle for years, sometimes decades or more, to acknowledge God as their heavenly father, because to use the word father is hurtful. It just rakes up all these painful memories. And so to trust a heavenly father when I couldn't trust an earthly father. So dad's in the room. I'm not trying to intimidate you. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just talking to the, the importance of this role that God has given us. Now, today we want to honor fathers, We want to lift them up, but we can't idolize our dads either. That's another failure that we tend to move into is my dad is the greatest. He's the hero, right? I see some of you shaking your heads like, yep, that's right. That's me. But, (coughs) excuse me, 
I remember when Erin and I first got married, her dad did an excellent job raising her, and she had a really hard job of transitioning the torch, so to speak, to trust me because her dad did such a good job. And early on in our marriage, that was difficult for me. I've learned like, man, I hope that my daughters like really struggle to hand that torch to their husbands because I did such a good job. And I will tell them as, as, as we work through it, you work through those things, right? You work through those things. But um, again, we want to honor fathers, but we don't want to idolize them either. So we want to do it in an appropriate way because God has called us uh, to do so. So I want to encourage us this morning. I want to share with you before we jump into this, this is Larry's thought. I'm going to steal his thunder here. Uh, but as we were talking on Tuesday uh, to get ready for this, he shared a thought with me. And I was like, oh, this is so great. We need to, I need to share this with you. And this, I'm a little bit of a teacher, so this comes out in me. I was like, yeah, I got to share this. So Larry gave me the blessing to do it. But in the Old Testament, Right before the time that Jesus was about to come, well, 400 years before the time he was about to come, but Malachi is the last prophet in the nation of Israel. He's the last one to to hear from the Lord and speak to God's people, right? And the last thing that he says, through God says through the prophet Malachi is, I am going to return the hearts of their fathers, or the hearts of fathers to their children. So let's see if this is up. Here. Sorry, it's intimidating for me not to have a screen, so I got to look up there. But there it is. And so we use the New Living Translation, but other translations specifically where it says parents, specifically says fathers. I believe God intended it to say that. So he says, See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So before judgment comes, he will turn the hearts of the parents, but it, also, it says fathers, to their children, and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. All right, so that's the end. And God goes silent for 400 years. And then Jesus is born in a town of Bethlehem. And Luke talks about this, his cousin, John the Baptist, who was coming to prepare the way for Jesus. So right before Jesus is coming, John the Baptist, right before Jesus starts his earthly ministry, John the Baptist is out preaching this message. And Luke says it this way in Luke chapter 1, verse 17. He says, and he will go on, this is John the Baptist, before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah, exactly like Malachi had said, to turn the hearts of the parents or fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord to come. So as God was preparing his people for the Messiah to come, what was he doing? He was turning the hearts of fathers back to their children. And as I ask the question today, what would happen? What would happen if not only in America, but throughout the world, if the hearts of fathers began to turn back to their children and the hearts of children turned to their fathers? What would happen in our world if men started to invest in their sons, teaching them to become men? What would happen in our world if men started to show their daughters how valuable and beautiful they are by protecting them and listening to them? Men, it's a challenge to us. It's a challenge to every one of us to stay engaged in the game because as God came, before Jesus came, the Messiah came, he was turning the hearts of children to their fathers and the hearts of fathers to their children. I think when Jesus comes a second time, I pray that that revival would happen again, that the hearts of fathers would turn back to their children. Because when I picture a world where fathers are engaged, it's a different world than the world we live in now. 
So just a challenge. Now, we're going to move into a video here as we get ready for this interview. It's a fun five-minute video. It's lighthearted. You'll laugh at some of it, I think. Uh, I enjoyed it this week as I was getting ready. Uh, One of the things I want to encourage you, though, fathers, you don't have every gift set. Right? Some fathers, you know, some fathers, you're, you're great at communication and, and speaking to your kids. Some of you are great uh, with your hands and your ability to work. And I just want to tell you, it, love is not a gifting. For you to be able to love on your kids, it's not a gifting. It's just something that hopefully flows out of your heart. But you won't connect with every part of this video. You won't be able to accomplish everything because this video has edits, it has cuts, it has a script, it was set up, right? So, you don't always do it the right way. So I want to just give you that grace, but the Lord will meet you in that space. So anyway, let's show the video, and then Larry and I will come. Hey, kids. Mom needs more help inside. Hey. How many kids do you have? Three. Three? Yeah. That is a good number. Whoa, whoa. Um, let's just concentrate on this one for now. <laughs> hey, what's it like being a dad? Oh, I would love one hour with you. One hour of just being with you. Then I could say, oh, kiss her, Daddy, kiss her. Hashtag gag me. Ugh. Mr. Clams has been sleeping for two days, Daddy. Goodbye, Mr. Clams. No. All right, just slow down a little Dad, bit. Stop yelling at me. I don't think that's. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. Uh, and that is why we always wear our seatbelt. And that's the birds and the bees. So proud of you, son. Run, huh? Run, it's gonna blow! Have I told you lately? I know, Dad. You love me. You tell me all the time. Actually, I was going to tell you I think you're beautiful inside and out. Whatever. Dad, you are disgusting. Yeah, Dad, you are disgusting. 
This right here goes to your future. This right here goes to you. And this right here goes to God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How much does God get? What's wrong, beautiful? Trevor broke up with me. Thank you, Lord. He's such a jerk. I, he broke up with me on a text message. He just replied. Dad, I can't believe you! <laughs> Thanks, Dad. He didn't deserve you. He didn't deserve you. One, two, Heavenly Father, thank you for being so good to us. God has the coolest job. He can make clouds all day. Yeah, he does. But I think one of his very best jobs is when he made you. Daddy. Hey, what's it like being a dad? How much time you got? All right, so Larry, you want to join me up here? He's really excited to come up here, by the way. He loves being on stage in front of people with a microphone, talking. No, I'm kidding. I think I built up enough equity with him to get him up here. Um, so I'm spending all of it now. Um, but great to have you up here, Larry. Larry is one of our elders, has been for a year. Uh, he has five kids, 11 grandkids. The Lord has blessed him with. A uh, ton of experience uh, as a dad, uh, but he's up here to share a different story with you, well, at least to start anywhere. anyway. Um, he has a story uh, that I was just really intrigued by, a story of redemption with his dad. Um, things didn't start off so great. Uh, so I wanted you just uh, to just, uh, yeah, have you talk about your dad and, and kind of his redemption story, but we'll start in the beginning uh, with your, who your dad was and, and kind of what you experienced uh, in your childhood. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> like uh, like he said, I'm not comfortable up here, <laughs> but um, I want to be obedient to God and uh, and testify to what He has done and mm -hmm. give Him glory and and give a message uh, to the people uh, what God can do. So here we go. All um, right, brother. <laughs> uh, I want to honor my dad. I want to do that up front by saying, you know, uh, he was a good dad um, in, uh, in a lot of ways, but there was a, a beginning part of his life where things were not good, and there was a lot of ugliness in his life uh, from sin, and uh, there was ugliness in our home. Um, so what I want to honor my dad with is I want to uh, give him credit for how he, what he did in, 
from that that it uh, it changed and how he turned to Christ and how his life was changed and uh, just an example he was to show what a dad can do when sin does uh, cause uh, uh, destruction in your life. So I want to honor him by uh, thanking him for being an example of uh, what it, what that looks like. But yeah, I'll, I'll go into telling you some of the, the ugliness just so you can appreciate what God did in his life. Um, he uh, he got married young. Uh, he was a horse and buggy Mennonite, and uh, he uh, very early in his marriage uh, he he went into adultery, and then um, that lasted for a while, and, and then uh, later on it got better for a little bit. Then he fell back into adultery again, and then uh, it was a long stretch where. Uh, it wasn't good. He was almost, he was 50 years old before he actually came to the place where he was sorry for what he did, truly sorry, where he quit blaming other people, and uh, he actually repented. And uh, So we'll get into that later, what that looked like, mm-hmm. the yeah. repentance. But it, uh, sin was ugly. It did cause uh, our home is not a nice place to be in. Uh, there was no peace. There was a lot of a uh, lot of things that were wrong mm-hmm. from the sin that was in his life. Yeah, yeah. And you were one of twelve. Is that right? One of thirteen. Thirteen. Okay, I don't want to take any away <laughs> there. So one of thirteen, and uh, and you talked about not only did he struggle with with some of those other things that you mentioned, but just the absence that you experienced. Uh, he just wasn't around. You had told me when we were meeting that he, he had, at one point he was working two eight-hour shifts for about a year. He was working two jobs. He'd work eight hours at one, go to the other, and work another eight hours. So he was working 16-plus hours and then not, just not around uh, for you guys. Yeah, um, I can say that he didn't physically abuse us or um, it wasn't that way. But uh, it was just, uh, like you said, it, he just wasn't there. Yeah. So um, from, uh, you know, working so much and then from his distractions, from the sin that was in his life, he he was, uh, uh, I don't remember him giving me uh, hardly any, inter- the only interaction I got from him was when I did something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, the discipline. That's when I got to talk to my dad. Yeah, and so the stuff like that video that we just watched, that that stuff's all like kind of foreign, you know, it just wasn't engaged and yeah. I had had nothing that was up there. Yeah, nothing like that, yeah. Um, So how did that impact you then as a young man? So growing up, how did that play out? Because I think that when there's an absence of a father like that or a mom, uh, it just, it, it does some damage to a kid in some way. And so how did it impact you? Um. Um, when you're a child, uh, you don't realize when you're in the middle of it uh, why you're why you're angry, or you don't realize why you act the way you do right? when you're when you're in the middle of it. So I, I have the privilege of looking back now, and I can see, uh, yeah, the, I, I was an angry young boy. Uh, I got in fights at school. Uh, I was argumentative and. Uh, they actually had a nickname, Fairy Larry, for me, because uh, uh, that's the reputation I had. Uh, so 
Yeah, I was a disturbed young, young boy. I didn't know why. I was defensive and angry. Uh, I needed, I was, in, I was very vulnerable uh, for affection. Mm. I didn't share that in the first service, but I mm-hmm. thought of it now in my dating years. Mm. I was, you know, if I had affection, I was hooked. Yeah. You know, it was because I was so vulnerable to yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, it did affect me in a, in a lot of ways. It's so hard for me to see you, brother, as fiery Larry, because <laughs> I've known Larry for yeah. 10 years. You're one of, if you guys know him, he's like one of the most meek and mild people you'll ever meet. Uh, but to see you, I, I don't think I've ever seen you angry. So. Uh, the potential is there. Yeah, so if I just push, <laughs> just push your buttons maybe a little yeah. bit. Let's yeah, not bring out the Hulk yeah, here yeah. on the stage, okay? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, so what was it? So you talked about anger, struggle with identity. You you had told me at least when we were privately that you struggled a little bit with your identity. You were vulnerable to some things. So what was it that brought you out of that then? Uh, I gotta uh, give credit to um, right away. Said when I was fifteen, I uh, I accepted Jesus in my life. Mm. That's that's the most powerful thing that happened to me. Yeah. Uh, then and you told me we didn't talk about this last time, but some one of the things you told me is how you felt the Lord just pursuing you and pursuing you, and like you went to that uh, that rally that you were at, and you just felt like you just couldn't not respond to the, you had to respond to the Lord, like the pressure was that great. Yeah, yeah uh, there's songs about the Hound of Heaven, yeah, uh, where He pursues you. Uh, yeah. I I can remember. I resisted the Lord for a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, he pursued me, and I resisted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm very thankful. I don't feel worthy. I don't know why he would keep pursuing yeah, sure. me. <laughs> sure. But he did, and yeah. uh, I did accept him as my Savior. I surrendered to him when I was 15. So uh, I'd say that was uh, the beginning. And then then uh, I, I realized I, I needed help. Uh, I'd say prayer was huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I prayed for help uh, to live uh, a godly life. Uh, I know I had a brother that told me, uh, when I told him I became a Christian, he, he chuckled at me. And he said, you're going to be like this in another year. You'll be just like you were. He, mm, yeah. he, he promised me that I'll mm-hmm. be just like I was. So uh, I didn't get no encouragement from my brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can relate to that. Yeah. Because when, when yeah. I was in high school and I, I, I surrendered my life to the Lord, it was during my... Uh, my senior year, and I had good friends that I had been spending time with and hanging out with, and I told them I was really excited about the change in my life, and they came back to me and said, ah, it's, it's just a phase. Mm-hmm. You, you'll be back into what you were into uh, again later. And That kind of, you, so you talked about it first, there was kind of spurs a little bit of a challenge in you, you know, a little bit of the competitiveness, like, oh, I'll show you, yeah, so... <laughs> That's, yeah. not, that's not necessarily a good thing. I'm not condemning <laughs> that. was that a carnal, the yeah. carnal part of me said, I'll, sh- I'll show you. But, yeah, really. uh, But no, that was, um, it was, it was a, a, a doubt. He had doubts. Yes. I had my own doubts. Yeah, sure. And then, uh, you know, so I, I uh, put it to God in prayer to help me uh, to live a life for him. Yeah. And he brought people into my life uh, that did help me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he, I told you the first service of, uh, I had a, a, a young guy in junior high that was interested in, yeah. in other kids mm-hmm. and, and helping uh, yeah. other kids. And he actually walked alongside of me and prayed with me. And right. 
help me transition into living a Christian life. Yeah, yeah. God sent somebody Trans- into your life to have yeah. a good time. So, yeah. So, and then, you know, I had my mom, uh, which was huge. You know, she mm. was always encouraging me and praying for me. And yeah. Then later on, I, I had my wife, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll give her credit because yeah. uh, she deserves a lot of credit. She sure. was huge, huge in, yeah. in helping me walk with God, yeah. so encouraging me. Yeah. So. Yeah people, yeah, people came into my life. Yeah, yeah, people sharpen you. That's those, those critical relationships are important for all of us, and and who we invest our time in. Uh, but I want to move here quickly to back to what was happening with your dad. So we kind of left that story with your dad in a, a place where he was he was absent. He certainly wasn't showing love to the kids. Was struggling with sin uh, in his own right. And so, what is like what happened that brought him back? Or, or what is, how did the, this relationship with you and him get restored, and what was that like? Uh, it's hard to put a finger on what happened that brought him back, mm-hmm. but it, uh, I know things happened in his life that he was, uh, my, my uh, brother had a serious illness, he, only, he was mm-hmm. at the, on the verge of death, mm-hmm. uh, and he thought he was going to lose my brother, mm-hmm. uh, and he had... Yeah, there's other things that happened right before that, and uh, my mom says that that was part of it. Mm-hmm. But he, I, this is a work of God that he he was sorry, and uh, he came to that place where he repented, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, he he actually uh, came to all of his children uh, individually. This was after I was married. I I still remember him coming up my driveway. Mm. Walking up to me and telling me uh, he was sorry mm-hmm. for uh, how he lived and what he did, yeah. and asked for for my forgiveness. Yeah, I can't imagine what that moment was like to like just have your father after all of these years and all this hurt and brokenness to have him come to you and say, "Hey, I, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I asked you before, is that like in that moment was did it did it were you? eager and desiring a relationship with with him was it easy for you to say to kind of embrace him or was there still was it still a bit of standoffishness or you had to see it, this play out over time to really believe it um actually uh, i forgave my dad already mm-hmm. uh, but that increased my respect for him mm-hmm. you know, tremendously uh-huh. uh to seeing how he humbled himself uh so it put a new a new light a new leaf and how I looked at him, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, then uh, yeah, it was uh, it was huge uh, what he did there, uh, and I, I seen him I seen him change how he treated my mom, mm. but I I was I wanted to be close to my dad, so the the effects of sin were still there. I was instantly close. You're not mm-hmm. close to your dad right. the next day, right? Because so the consequences of the sin, the absence, you know, you just couldn't yeah. restore all those years that had been lost, uh, the, the, the closeness, the me- you didn't have the memories together right. uh, and all that stuff right. to build off of. But there was, but, you were starting new, though, to yeah. create new memories. Because yeah. you talk about how the, well, he said it, I guess, the last 30 years of his life was the best 30 years of his life. Yeah. And you talked about, too, how your grandkids or his grandkids would not, like, when you talk about the way he was, they just... They can't put that into context because they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they, uh, they can't imagine my dad being what he was. Yeah. And that's a testimony to, yeah. to what God did in his life. And, and that was the beginning. I did get closer to my dad. Yeah. 
later. Yeah. So it was the beginning of a, a, of a yeah. starting a, a close relationship. Yeah. But, yeah. And I think that's what we talk about when you talk about the old has gone, the new has come. You see this transition, this change, uh, and, a, and a totally different person. And so mm-hmm. as you describe this old person and for your your kids or his grandkids to like look and say, well, that, that's not the person I know. Mm. Um, and I've seen that play out in people's lives as I've gotten to know them and see the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. And I knew him before and then I knew him after. And there's just a, there's just a drastic change there uh, that you can see when the Holy Spirit impacts a person's life. So thanks for sharing that. I also want to mention that you, you could literally see the countenance of his face yeah. was different. Mm-hmm. yeah. You can see at peace. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, so, what would you say w- kept you from repeating the cycle? Um, you know, we talk. You, you see this in, in families play out, uh, where maybe uh, dad is an alcoholic and and struggles with alcohol, and, and then leaves or, or something happens, and then you see the same cycle in the lives of their kids, and that that cycle just continues. So, what would you say kept you from repeating that cycle? Uh, I'll say I, I was I was worried about that. I was worried that I would do the same things my dad did. Mm, you know, yeah. I was I was worried that mm-hmm. someday I might be unfaithful. Or, yeah. Uh, so uh, so yeah, it was a fear. Uh, but uh, I'd say what kept me from repeating it was was prayer and staying close to God mm-hmm. and uh, and seeing Him uh, bring people in my life. Like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I just trusted him and relied on him to to yeah. bring me through it. And uh, I can you know here I am. Yeah. You know he did. Yeah, <laughs> and bless I'm the still, Lord. He's yeah. Still, he still is. But yeah. But yeah, I I put it uh, put it in just uh, in one sentence is I you know I I gave it to to God and mm-hmm. in prayer yeah. and He did help me. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Um. One of the things I thought about with your story, too, is you had all these years of growing up that you didn't really see uh, a good father modeled. You didn't really see, because he, he just wasn't there, as you talked about. And so I know you to be a, a great father, five kids, 11 grandkids. Uh, your kids speak very highly of you, uh, you know, love you. And, and so what was it that, how'd you learn? What, what taught you to be the dad that you are? Okay, I, that was the other thing. You know, when you pray, uh, God brings people into your life to help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I did. I looked uh, to the other men in the church. Mm-hmm. There, there was, there was guys that were doing a good job, mm-hmm. and I, you know, and I would encourage the men in this church. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are watching you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a guy like me, I was, I was watching you. Uh, how you handled your family. Yeah, and uh, how you lived, mm-hmm. and uh, that was powerful. I'd say some of the most powerful testimonies are words unspoken. Mm. Uh, just watching people. Yeah. I, I was a people watcher, yeah. so I watch people. Yeah. And uh, then, uh, then another thing is, um, uh, like uh, I mentioned earlier, was uh, there was a neighbor's family. I played with their son. I was mm-hmm. friends with him, and I go. Is, yeah, it's when you're in your childhood. Yeah, yeah when I was, yeah. I, I, I go in their home, and and uh, it was a peaceful atmosphere. Was, and uh, the dad would come in and greet the, his wife with a kiss, and mm-hmm. that was shocking to me. Yeah, yeah, I just uh, yeah. no context for yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I could I could see uh, that, and then then later on when I was married, um, 
uh, like I said earlier, uh, one of the uh, good things I decided was I decided not to have a TV. That was uh, one of my best decisions. Uh, and we uh, got to know each other better that way. And not only that, we listened to the radio, and I listened to... Um, uh, Larry's folk. not that old, you folks. No, you know, I, so they had like, TV when They I did was have young. TV. It wasn't like they were... You know, I picture like the 1930s, like, you guys like tuning into the... Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that old. No. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I do remember when color TV come in. Uh, okay. So. <laughs> so you're old enough to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. anyways, uh, we listened to James Dobson, yeah. uh, focused yeah. on the family. Yeah. And, and he was a godly man that yeah, gave sure. godly advice. Sure. And I, I soaked that in uh, yeah. regularly. We yeah. listened eight, every eight o'clock. He'd come on. And yeah. that was our tradition. We'd turn on Dobson and yeah. Listen to Dobson. Yeah, so he. Yeah. Those of you who don't know, he's the president of Focus on the Family, yeah, and so. and did a did a lot of with parenting and marriage stuff, and yeah, just yeah, yeah so. good man. And what I would one thing I would encourage here for all of us, and and for me too, this has been something that I've done is is I don't you know I don't confess to have all the answers, and there's things that I I have a lot to learn, uh, and so I've kind of found I think it's good for us to have mentors. Uh, no matter what stage you're in life, to look at somebody who's just a step ahead or two steps ahead and say, hey, how'd you do it? How'd you get there? And uh, for me, uh, something that Aaron and I have, somebody that Aaron and I have really learned from is Paul Tripp. Uh, and in our modern age, we don't necessarily need to turn into the, tune into the radio. You know, you can listen to podcasts on your cell phone or you can watch uh, a lot of the, the teaching is online and you can watch videos of it. But just to, to find somebody that you look up to that, that can mentor you from afar uh, I have met Paul. I never, he wouldn't know me, uh, of course, but uh, Tony Evans is another good one uh, that I've kind of leaned into. And so there's always those resources out there if we're willing to take the time uh, to listen uh, to those. So thanks for sharing that about James. Uh, I want to transition here. We've got a little bit of time left. So I want to talk about uh, one of the things that the scriptures talk about in Hebrews chapter 12 is uh, a loving thing for a father to do is discipline their children, and God loves us, and so he disciplines us as a loving father would discipline his children. And so I want to talk a little bit about this as a, as a role in the fa- as a father to discipline your children. It can be difficult, uh, so I wanted to just ask you, this is more of a, just asking somebody that's a step ahead of me, and, and just in the wisdom and, and the fruit that you've seen that came from discipline uh, with your kids, and not specifically punishment, but also uh, disciplining their activities and the things that they do. Yeah, um, discipline is is some that uh, I didn't enjoy. I don't <laughs> think any father enjoys it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Bible is clear: uh, mm-hmm. if you love your child, you will discipline them. Mm-hmm. And He even says, "Our heavenly Father, because He loves us, will discipline yeah, that's us." Right. So uh, you know the easy the easy thing to do would, would when you're tired from work is just uh, ignore it and let your wife take care of it. Mm. And uh, you know, it, uh, so the easy thing to do is is not do anything about it. Mm. But uh, you ha- you need to if, if you love your children. And uh, not only that, um, they will not appreciate it when you do it. Yeah. And they won't. They don't like discipline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so. Uh, at the time, you will not get rewarded. <laughs> so they won't say, oh, thank you, Dad. Thank you for disciplining me. No, yes. you, you won't get Appreciate any, that. Yeah. any good feedback at no. all. Uh, <laughs> so uh, don't expect good feedback okay. right away. <laughs> but uh, uh, I must say uh, the privilege of being older is now uh, a lot of them are grown up. They are all grown up. 
And I must say, uh, uh, they all expressed uh, appreciation for uh, appreci- uh, for for discipline. Yeah. And and um, it's hard for me to put a to grasp that. You know where I'm at. It's hard yeah. for me to believe. Oh, my kids will yeah, come back and say, "Hey, thank the, you." You have that. to. Yeah. yeah, you have to wait a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna take yeah. a while. <laughs> but uh, but they did. Uh, they yeah. they actually. Uh, like some of them, uh, I know one son that's here, he, you know, he told his buddy, you know, my dad would have whooped me for that. He would have never <laughs> left me. Yeah, and they're, they're proud of it. Yeah. You know, that yeah. they got discipline. Yeah, and, sure. And I never heard, heard of, um, uh, anybody brag about their dad <clears throat> say, uh, you know, they did something wrong and they said, yeah, my dad didn't care. Mm. You know, he didn't, I never heard anybody brag yeah, about that. Yeah, sure. It's, so it's it is uh, a sum that I think is appreciated later. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you want me to share about the wood. Yeah, or... yeah, that would be good. So, <laughs> so we're not talking about just about <laughs> discipline like punishment, but also discipline and 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 how you raise them and and teaching them some things to work. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so discipline is also uh, learning how to work is yeah. is a discipline, and uh, I didn't have a farm, so yeah. I was raised in a farm, so I. One of the ways I taught my children how to work is we burn wood, and and they were the wood splitters yeah. and the, and the wood gatherers, and and uh, so I made them do that. They didn't they didn't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I said earlier, some of them were upset about it that they actually cried when I tell them we're gonna go <laughs> split wood that day. I think one of them sitting there, she she remembers. <laughs> she remembers crying when I said today's the day we go out and get wood. Yeah. But uh, um, then there's uh, some of them that they didn't cry. They just rebelled. You yeah. Know, they just, uh, you know, I'd tell them they need to go split wood. And I'd say, you know, two hours, you guys have to split wood. Well, they'd spend all their time setting the radio up and, and uh, <laughs> coming in and getting drinks. It took an hour and, and 45 minutes to get the radio yeah, set so, up, Dad. We just didn't get a lot done. So 10 minutes, they might have actually swung, <laughs> swung the axe a couple of times. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. We changed policy. Uh, yeah. We, we, you know, like the, I like the way you say that. We, <laughs> policy change. Yeah. And, and a, the HR level, we had to change some things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we made it that uh, they had to get a certain amount of wood stacked. Yeah, there you go. And so it, it got to be the, to their benefit to get it done so that they could do some other things. Sure. So, uh, yeah, so that was... Uh, then later on, uh, I heard them brag about how uh, they split wood and how they had to work hard. Right. They actually appreciate it. So mm-hmm. it does come back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I think that's good, good encouragement. I'm glad you shared that because I know for me, uh, with my kids, and some of them are here in the room listening to this, so I won't be too hard on them, but <laughs> they, um, you know, they... Like you said, they they just don't. It's not like, hey, thank you for for making me do that job today, or thanks for uh, making me work. But to stay in it, stay engaged, because it's easier for us as dads to just say, hey, do whatever you want. You know, like you, you know, whatever you want to do, you go ahead and do. And but to let them do that is not to teach them and train them in the value of other things, relationships, work. You know, those things. We don't want to go too far on those things. Obviously, you don't want to be a slave driver. Uh, but in our culture, I think the 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 struggle or the temptation is to just say, "Hey, whatever 
feels good, you do that. Whatever's e- and it's easy to say, turn the parenting over to a television or a device and say, you just do that and then I can do my thing. We were talking about this the last service. It's easier if we do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's easier for us as dads to just do it rather than hand it over to them and say, hey, go ahead and you try it because they'll inevitably mess it up. Uh, just like I did when I was a kid, uh, but to give them that experience and be there with them uh, through it, I think is, is helpful. So thanks for sharing that encouragement. It encouraged me, hopefully encouraged some of you. Um, and the last thing I want to give you is your, your chance to do your three-point sermon here. Uh, what, what encouragement would you give to, to, to dads today uh, other than what you already have blessed us with? Okay, uh, I told him the first service uh, with all these notes here, it almost looked like a sermon. And, uh, I, I told just, him I'm going to ask him to preach sometime, <laughs> but he doesn't like that. I, I, I didn't go along with that. No, <laughs> yeah. it's not. But uh, I'll, keep, I'll try and keep it short. No problem. Uh, but first of all, I want to I I address the dads that um, there's, I know there's some in a, an audience like this where sin has, has broken relationships with your, with your wife and your children, and sin has caused destruction in your life. It and uh, that will, it happens to almost every dad. There's a place where sin does mm. cause destruction. It, it has its effects. And then uh, I want to encourage you that it, it doesn't have to stay that way. Uh, you know, God can heal you, if, uh, but you need to acknowledge it. Uh, I, I used the analogy earlier about uh, you wouldn't go to your doctor and say, hey, let's just keep this between me and you and, and act like it never happened. Uh, they can't hardly help you if that's your attitude. And mm-hmm. but if you go to God, the same as you would go to a doctor mm-hmm. it, and ask for healing and mm-hmm. acknowledge what your problem is, uh, confess it. But God promises that He will heal you. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think uh, there's encouragement for all dads that uh, He can heal the brokenness. He can restore relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris said earlier, my dad mentioned that the last 30 years of his life were the best years of his life. He was fully uh, healed. And uh, so I want to encourage the dads that are in that position. Then uh, there's people that, like me, that you were were hurt by um, a dysfunctional home. I mean, things weren't right, and uh, there was consequences for that. And I just want to encourage you that you don't have to be a, a victim. Uh, God can heal that. He can uh, replace what was broken. Uh, he can bring people in your life like he did with me. Through When you pray and ask him for help, mm-hmm. he can. Yeah. He, he will help you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just want to encourage the, the, the victims um, that you don't have to be a victim. You, God can well change said. that. So. And then uh, on, le- on the last note, it's Father's Day. I, I want to honor my dad again in another way by saying, uh, you know, he-, he didn't get things right a lot of times, especially in the beginning of his life. But in the end, he left me with a, a testimony that is very powerful. Uh, he showed me uh, how to, how to uh, handle when you are in sin, how to what redemption looks like and restoration. And then um, the three things, the three-point sermon yeah, that you I mentioned like it. is <laughs> he, he lived out 
loving God. Mm-hmm. He, he loved God with all his heart. And he loved his Savior, the one who saved him and restored him. So he showed a love for God, and he lived out loving other people. Mm-hmm. My dad was, everybody loved my dad, not because he was, gave him candy, you know. <laughs> He was just, he loved them. Yeah. He, he could tell he loved people. So he showed that. And then he, he loved my, my mom, which was the most important example of he loved her. And uh, the, that was the best gift yeah. he could have gave me. Yeah. Uh, I just want to encourage every father, the best gift you can give your child is to love their mom. Mm. Uh, I can't think of a better gift. Yeah. So he did... He did them things. He yeah. passed them down to me, mm-hmm. and I want to I wanna pass them down to yeah. my children, yeah. my grandchildren. Yeah. So I'm thankful thanks. for that. Yeah, thanks so. for doing that. Thanks for encouraging us. And as we wrap this, this interview up, I just, you know, you say some, I, I always, I'm amazed by your wisdom, brother. You just have such a wisdom that God has given you, and just love uh, being able to talk to you about those things, and, and to um, hear you talk about parenting. And yeah. I want to interject. Yeah. I prayed for that, too. Okay. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's God, a good testimony. God does to say, God. Yeah. ask for, pray for wisdom. Ask. Pray for wisdom, yeah. And, and one of the things I want to encourage all of us in as we, we wrap this time up as parents is, um, you said to be an example to your kids and how you model uh, loving your spouse and those things. One of the things I want to encourage all of us in is uh, as we teach our kids, it's oftentimes I think of that, about the words I'm going to say to my children. What am I going to say to encourage them? Or what am I going to say to challenge them in this moment? But oftentimes it's our actions that speak so much louder than our words. And so it, I would just encourage you, if you, you you're going to fail, you're going to blow it, whether mom, dad, uh, however you're involved in, in a, the life of a young person, you're going to fail, but what I would encourage you to do is in the midst of that failure, the greatest way to teach them humility is to model it to them, and so to be able to go to them and say, hey, I was wrong, and trust me, there's not a lot more humbling than looking into the eyes of a seven-year-old and apologizing and asking for forgiveness. But if you want them to grow into the type of person that can acknowledge when they make a mistake, they need to see you model it as well. And so that, that would be my encouragement. It's hard. It's easy to think, oh, they'll get over it. They were in the wrong. They were... But to be able to go back to them and look at them and stare them in the eye and say, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Has more power than the words that we can say, the modeling of that humility. So thanks for sharing that. Uh, and love people, love God, love people. It's a great message. So let's just close out with a word of prayer, and then I'll finish with one final comment, and Jonathan and the team are going to come out here and close out the service. So Father, uh, just, uh, just a, a thank you uh, for wisdom. Thank you for redemption. Thank you that we don't have to be perfect. Uh, Lord, you ask us to, to live out our lives and, and walk the way Jesus walked, and the only way that we can do that is in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Father, I pray that you would pour out more of your Spirit on us, uh, Lord, that you would heal what has been broken, that you would restore uh, what has been left and, and ravaged by sin. Would you restore that? Father, would you return uh, the hearts of the fathers to their children and children to their parents? And Lord, would you restore that? Uh, Lord, thank you for Larry. I pray a blessing on him as he continues to parent uh, and also be a grandparent. And just pray a blessing on he and Cindy uh, as they do that well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. I love you, man. Yeah. Um, So as we close out here, I want to share one final verse with you, one final encouragement, and then we'll transition here to the offering. Uh, And I want to share this verse. It comes out of um, 
comes out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And so fathers, uh, just want to speak specifically to you this morning. I love you. I want to encourage you. I want to urge you. And, and this, this passage, I think, is a great way to end this service. And so it uh, comes out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Uh, Paul, the writer here, says this. And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy, for he called you to share in his kingdom and his glory. So God has called us to share in his kingdom and his glory, and I urge and encourage and and challenge us. Uh, The stakes are too high for us to uh, give in to sin. The temptations are there for us to shirk our responsibility, to pass it on to something else, to not take responsibility for ourselves, and I want to just encourage you and know that the Lord has already stepped into the gap, taken responsibility for our sin, and he's asking us uh, as fathers to do it in the lives of our children, to step into the gaps, encourage them, be there with them, uh, and encourage them. So that's my encouragement to us this morning uh, as we wrap this up. We're going to sing one final song. The ushers are going to come forward here in just a second, and they're going to collect those connection cards. And uh, if you have an offering, if you feel led to give, uh, please do that. So will you stand with us as we sing this very appropriate song to end out our service? And I'll turn it over to Jonathan. Jonathan.